0: And let him continue to write it. I tell you, I don't know about you, but I'll I'll go ahead and give you some insight, and I'll tell you what we're going to do. We'll get into the word, and then we're going to come back up here, and then we're going to end with some worship about making room for God. Because it's vital to our soul that we have room for God. If there's no room for God, then what are we doing? Does that make sense? If there's no room for God, then we're, we're, we're going to have a major issue at hand. I guess I, I want to say, because I'm, I'm going to get into this, and I'm just going to dive right into it, is basically what do we know about the winning the war on our mind? We know that most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. The, The battles we face in life, they're won and lost in the mind. We know that. It's almost impossible to have a positive life when you have a negative mind. You're hearing stuff that I've already said. I'm just reiterating a few things, getting into this. It's almost impossible to have a positive life with a negative mind. A negative mind can disrupt and do all kinds of damage. A negative mind could really cause a lot of problems. And what's crazy is when your mind is racing with so much negativity and you start having these irrational worries and and, and, and start thinking all kinds of ways. I wonder how many of you here today can relate to sometimes having irrational thoughts and runaway fears and often consumed with your mind and your mind consumed with so much that, that, that tries to grip us. We've been talking about the mind and, and on the wall it says new thing, but... It, what's, what's challenging that I've noticed, and I, and I study this stuff, and I've, I follow these leadership things, and I, and I follow these, these patterns, is too many times we get too comfortable with that just being there because we've seen it already. And that's why when you go to a department store, you see change happen all the time. The, the end cap starts moving. They, they rearrange your grocery store so that you can start going somewhere else and looking around because you're so used to the way things are. And so too many times, just as this has been sitting up here for months, God's doing a new thing, months, have you looked up past the door and said, new mind, new you. Have you declared it as you walked out the door? But because we're so used, and how funky and wild that is out there, it looks like say by the Bell. Now, that was a culture shock when you first came to church. If you're new, it's probably a culture shock to you. But if you've been here for a while, it's just what it is. And so many times we get so used to what it is that we get complacent in that moment. And so as we get complacent, then we get just moving in and moving and we hear about it. And I don't know why God hadn't got me stopping just yet on the mind. But man, I'll tell you right now, I'll say it one more time, most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. The things that we go through are all dictated by the mind. And I don't know who can relate to this because there's all kinds of stuff that happens. I don't know what it would be for you and the things you deal with and the the worries you have sometimes. I don't know what that looks like when it seems normal, when life is going on and you're trying to figure it out. I don't know what that looks like to you When your mind starts to try to grip you in some other ways and you all of a sudden start worrying and worry starts to just take over and last Thursday we're getting ready to do a big old picnic and bunch of people and everything's in the corner and all of a sudden here comes a storm. Not only a storm, it's not just a regular storm. You know, we're used to tornadoes but now Indiana has hurricanes for some reason. And, and, and so now it's all crazy and why the storm's going on. Things are happening and power's going out. And we're worried and wondering, what are we going to do? I don't even have a generator. If I had a generator, I could try to use it. Am I going to keep all the groceries? Is the groceries going to be, who's going to reimburse me for my groceries? I don't even have the money to The inflation's so high anymore. I don't even know what I'm going to do with the groceries. Can I even save anything that I have in my fridge? I'm sweating to death. And speaking of sweating to death, I'm getting irritated right now. And in that irritation, I don't know what I'm going to do. But what about homework? With well, Some of you take summer school. What if I don't do the right class? I can't have power to get that done. If I don't get that done, I'm not going to get a good grade. If I don't get a good grade, oh my gosh, I won't get the right girl. If I don't get the right girl, I'm going to end up single the rest of my life. And I'm going to date the wrong person. And if I date the wrong person, I'm going to end up in jail. And if I end up in jail, I'm going to give my parents a headache. And speaking of headache, I got a migraine. And it might be a brain tumor. I don't know what's going on with me. And I... I don't even know. Now i got to worry about me, and i got to worry about getting power, and then i got to worry about these stinking dogs. Who wanted these dogs? My kids wanted these dogs. And now they're out of the house, and i got all their dogs. Who's feeding them? I'm feeding them, and I don't even know what to do. They can't breathe. I can't breathe. You know, and you start thinking about all this stuff, and then you start worrying about life, and you worry about your children, and you worry about your children's children, and you start worrying so much about everything. I can't even let my kids go outside. Can they even ride around the block? I used to run around the whole neighborhood. I can't even let them go around the block because somebody might hit him or somebody might try to take him or something might happen but I can't be there if it does happen and we start worrying well I don't even know what to do with my finances I mean I'm already behind and this happened and all this is going on and I got to buy. we have to have groceries what are we going to do kids need diapers I mean you can't get that on wick you, you see what i'm saying like we 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 start worrying about so many things and what's going on with the children and what's going on with this and as parents we start doing that ourselves like worrying about the kid is the kid gonna be okay is that i i tell you i mean you could have probably had it a lot worse during covid and i remember a situation where uh, a certain woman was had a baby during covid and she had to breastfeed during covid when she had covid holy cow but guess what? She went through it. He's as healthy as can be. But we worried a lot trying to figure things out in life. And we have all these worries. If the, if, if the finances are good, the kids are good, is work going to be good? Is my promotion going to be good? Do I get, am I going to get it? Are they going to recognize me? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. What are we doing for lunch today? I mean, I'm doing something for dinner tonight, but I don't know what I'm doing for lunch. I wonder if they're going to get that. Will they get Do you see how many times we worry so much about so many things? So many things get worried about. Our health, it's it's in a crisis. I don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden, worry starts turning into anxiety. Anxiety starts turning into this stuff, and this stuff starts sitting on us, and we start laying in it. And all of a sudden, now I've got cramps in my stomach. i got diarrhea now, and i got to go to the bathroom. And we wonder, like, well, I can't go to work. You can't go to work because you're a warrior. Because all you do is crap your pants and puke. I mean, now look, if you're new here, and I'm sorry, that was probably raw, and I'm just being real about when worry turns into anxiety, anxiety disrupts your stomach and your mind and your thoughts, and you wonder why you're always sick. Can can you look at your neighbor and and with a loud and strong voice, tell him my title, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Now, that could go two different ways depending on who you're talking to because you're trying to figure something out But like, don't worry about it. You know, like that kind of tone, that's fighting words. (laughs) But what I'm trying to tell you, church, is don't worry about it. You can't. You can't worry about it. What is it going to do for you? What has it done for you? Worry will take you to your grave. And we get worrying over the craziest stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. There is some legit things that we kind of worry about that are real. Don't get me wrong. But when it is disrupting you, it's got everything messed up. And I'll say it like this because this this happens. In my house, if me or my wife is worried, guess what's going to happen? The whole house is going to get disrupted. And if I continue to live my life in worry, guess what my kids start to attach to? Worry. And then my kids are going to grow up, and then they're going to have kids, and they're going to be so worried because mom and dad were just so worried. Now it's attached to them. Bree, you said it best. It's got to stop with me. So somewhere it has to stop because if not, your worry disrupts the whole uh, the whole atmosphere of your own home and changes things with your own children, which will attach to your other children. I see, this stuff is real. We worry so much. We worry so much. And yeah, you, some of that's, you know, I was going off a little bit on, on things, but some of that's not too far off, is it? Some of that's not too far off letting your kids just maybe right around the block. If I do it. How many used to ride the neighborhood? How many won't let their kids ride right around the block? I'm serious. I don't care if my family lives next door. I don't trust them. <laughs> no, it's not even that. But the thing is, is we, we we're just everything's changed. I'm not saying that like what you're what you not letting them ride is wrong. I think you worrying about it can be wrong. Because they can consume you. You know what's frustrating about it? Is your kids don't even get to enjoy what you used to enjoy. And we talk about it, we reminisce, we're like, oh, remember back, let me show you this. I'm like, why can't we do that? Times are different. (laughs) We're so worried. We're so worried because we can't even let kids have fun now i'm 42 years old come on if i'm 42 dad do the math bub There's storm chaser norman um (laughs) me and my dad man we get don't get me going dad um but i remember there was times and i can still remember this like if the sucker fell out of the mouth Five-second rule. Let's go. Or mama would have put it in her own mouth. Here. Now, I don't know if you was just like, that's a good sucker, or I just don't want to put up with your crying, son. You know, (laughs) because I didn't have another sucker. How many had the five-second rule? Raise your hand. For real. Whoo, you guys are still alive? Wow. But see, we, we changed so much that we were afraid to even do it to our own kids. We sanitize everything so much that they're ain't even immune to anything anymore. We wonder why everybody's so sick. Or are we worried about it? Don't touch that cart because, you know, there's are just going to have something on it. There's a meth, meth mouth over here trying to... Do we not hear weird stuff like this? And we're worried that something's going to happen. I get cleaning stuff. I get, like, if there's something gross... Like if my kid's in the yard and picks up a turd and puts it in her mouth, like that's gross. And I'm not even making that up. <laughs> Didn't that just happen with Ava last week? Not playing. <laughs> but when she was a baby, you know, you scoop up poop because dogs do that stuff. And then you, do, you thought you got it all and she's playing and you're gagging and you're like, oh. And it, it was petrified, so that kind of helped maybe, I don't know. Now I'm worried because did the the, the dog have worms? I gotta check now because she's gonna have it in her mouth and I gotta check her teeth and she ain't got many teeth. I gotta brush her gums. I don't know what I'm doing. Where's your mom? (laughs) Don't tell your mother. Um, But we start worrying and I'm not, some stuff's just weird and they happen and stuff happens. Kids eat bugs, stuff happens. Ugh. But, like, we raised our hand because we we used to just run around. There's some people that would run around. Do you remember doing this stuff, guys? Running the neighborhood, sneaking into the neighbor's yard so you can drink out of their hose? Because you was just thirsty. Ain't nobody got no drinks. Hurry up and eat your sandwich and get your Kool-Aid. Did anybody wash your hands or clean your nails? But why are we so worried about it now? You see what I'm saying? Like, weird stuff that we just was having the time of our life. And just seeing if we can get out of Sister Tacky Mouse Yard before she hits us with something. I'm telling you, if you need a drink, go to the hose. Can't even do that now. They got chlorine and chlorine's in it, and then they got this other stuff in it, and it's gonna cause a problem. Can't even drink Kool Aid because it's got that red dye now, and that red dye is gonna do crazy stuff to their eyes and their head. And I got. And I'm not saying that some of that stuff's not for real, but what I'm saying is you worrying about it is for real. I better get going, I I could be here all day talking about worry Okay, let me just get spiritual real quick Um, I want to read, I want to just jump into the word And basically what it says is, don't worry about it Philippians 4, 6 and 9 through 9 I'm going to jump into this I want to give you some content, it's already up there But I'll give you some content, this is the Apostle Paul he was writing uh, from a Roman prison. He was either on house arrest or he was about to die. I mean, they've always been trying to get this man out of here. Been trying to tear him up. Because he, uh, he turned his back on, on the world and chose Christ. And so they got him locked up, and he's potentially up for execution. And he said some powerful words inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now, you got to imagine this man is, you know, we're worried about what's going on in our own personal life, okay? Now, I don't know if you have to sit in your own feces and stuff like he had to in the little hay, and he's locked up, and he's trying to, get his feet locked, and he's trying to write, and he's locked up, and he's got rats trying to crawl on him, and he's got a little light, and we was worried about our nice house being hot because we didn't have no power, but this man's sitting in a dungeon. But let me tell you what he says, and we're still talking about it today. Don't be anxious about Anything? Anything. Anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart. And what else? Your mind in Christ Jesus. It will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, that's us, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, Admiral, whatever is praiseworthy, think on such things. So he's telling you as he's in prison, probably got sores hanging out of him. He ain't got no hand sanitizer. Beat up, swollen eye, sitting in his own dump, laying there with rats. And he's trying to tell you to think on things above. Because he knew one day you're going to be bougie in your own house, in a hot house, worried about something. We don't get how good we got it. Do you realize your car has its own house if you got a garage? Wow. Wow. You got people waiting on you if you go out to eat? Wow. You just drive right through and they hand you the food in car. Or now you can just make a call and somebody deliver it to you. Wow. Look at you being rich. Look at you. And we're so worried about so much stuff. And here we go with, with the apostle right here. Paul get tore up and saying you need to think on such things and it says in the peace of God God's peace will be with you now that man's on a whole nother level trying to say all this stuff in a prison cell with nothing listen our prison cells today that's like going on vacation for some people that's why some people keep repeating back because they got three meals a day he got a little time out. It's a crazy deal. Paul is getting beat up. He's been jacked up. And he's saying all this stuff. And what I'm trying to tell you today, church, is don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Because worrying about it isn't going to help you. It's only going to make it worse. So we're going to talk about worry. We're going to talk about his tag team partner, anxiety. Man, they work hand in hand off the top ropes and everything, be busting you up. Talk about the mind. One thought I said that I've said in the past, and I'll say it again. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. What is your strongest thoughts? Are you worried about something? Because if that's the case, then that's where you're going. And here we go. We got him, we got him laying in the, in the dungeon saying, look, don't worry about all this stuff. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your thoughts on him. But if your strongest thought is, is leading your direction, that can be good news. If your thoughts are helpful, if your thoughts are positive, if they're thoughts of above, of, on God. But that's some bad news if your thoughts aren't. If they're negative. The mind is so crazy. There's this thing called amy- amygdala. <laughs> amygdala. Okay. We're doing science class now. Ready? Anybody felt it? Hopefully you passed today. The amygdala is the craziest thing. You're probably wondering why are we talking about science and 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 God? Well, let me give let me let me tell you some history real quick. God spoke everything into existence except you. He didn't speak you into existence. He stooped down and created you with his bare hands. So everything you have is on purpose. Everything you have in your body is yours from God. So this little thing that's the size—what's it say? It says it's the size of an almond. So if anybody likes almonds or knows what these—they're about real yay big—is sitting inside your brain, amygdala. Okay, an amygdala. It's a a little shaped, like I said, like an almond, that is wired for survival. This tiny almond piece in your brain. If you ever find yourself in the moment where you feel like you need to fight or flight, it's the amygdala. Why are we talking about this? Because if God created us, we need to understand what he created. We keep blaming all this other stuff. There is stuff inside of our bodies. That if we can get it wrapped up and get it right, we can start thinking better. How crazy is this that he stoops down, he spoke everything into existence except you? And so, that before doctors could figure out the amygdala and what it meant and what it does, God was already trying to tell you in his word what it is and what it does and how to fix it. What did Paul say? You got to think on things above. You got to wrap your mind around that. So it sends your body strong urges of adrenaline, amygdala, this little almond piece in your brain. And it basically is telling you, be on guard. Alert, run, step back, be careful. It's basically telling you, hey, there's a poisonous snake. Now, it's, if it's me, it doesn't matter if it's poisonous. There's a snake. If it's just a snake, I'm good. I'm out. I don't care if it's poisonous, garden. I don't care what kind of snake. Had a bad experience in a boat. Came up between my legs. I jumped in the water. And it followed me. <laughs> I've never swam so fast in my life. Michael Phelps has nothing on me. i telling you right now. This thing come crawling up my leg. My cousins in there were like, ah. And the boats flipped and the snakes, oh, my gosh. I feel that in my soul right now, on my neck. Mmm. Mmm. And that's the amygdala. That's that little tiny almond piece in your brain that is sending those signals all the way through your body saying, you better run, sucker, this snake's going to kill you. And it's sending signals. Woo. Or if you're driving, like what happened to me a while ago, Veya's on the... With me, we're driving, and all of a sudden, this guy just starts drifting into my lane. Probably texting and driving, just slides on into my lane. What do I do? The amygdala sends out, hold up, hit the brakes, pull back, yay, nay. You know, like, what do you do when you're trying to teach your daughter how to drive, and you got idiots that are just drifting over. And the amygdala is sending off all these firing shots at you. Woo! It, it kicks in and says, be aware. Kicks in and says, don't go there. Kicks in and says, hit the brakes. Hit the e-brake. Do whatever you can. Get up out of this situation. The amygdala does the same thing. If you had somebody trying to mess with you at school when you was younger, it was like, stay away. There. Don't go down, that, don't go down that, that road. Don't go down that place. Don't go in that alley. Oh, boys over there, if you've had anything that's happened to you. And see, on the other side, God gives us this other, this other portion of your brain to protect, for protection. And it, it, it's the craziest thing. It's called the prefrontal cortex. This, this part, part of your brain, okay? You're like, what are we doing? You'll see. Um, this is the logic part of the brain that tends to think logically so if there's a noise at night and your amygdala starts to freak out and you're, you're laying in bed and you're tired and you're qu- it's quiet, but you all of a sudden hear something, the amygdala is like, warning, warning, get your gun, hurry up, get up, get, get the, but the prefrontal cortex says, hold on, hold on, it's just the cat, don't kill the cat, hold on, it's just the cat. Well I was just wondering because you know I heard something and I, you know I gotta I gotta I gotta protect I gotta I gotta do something about it what are you doing hold on and, and, and the 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 pre the prefrontal uh, cortex is, is it, it is trying to tell you to be logical hold on don't worry slow down slow down see the amygdala is, is, is wired to protect it needs help it needs help bad, and it's it's the it's the prefrontal cortex. It, it, it has to have it. It, it. The amygdala is always screaming at you to do something crazy. It, it fires off in your head. It's it sits if it sits right above your ear. It's a a little almond shape, and it's it, it's the craziest thing because it's so small, but it causes so much damage when you let it overtake you and you don't don't use this this top of your brain, you don't let it just hold on and you let this little piece overwhelm you. If something's going to happen. You're going to get sick. Somebody's going to do something. Something is about to happen. Oh my gosh, the storm's coming again. I wonder if we're going to lose power again. I didn't even get the generator. I'm just now trying to get my food. You see what I'm saying? Like when these moments happen, we, if we don't get this in order and let it hold on, <laughs> it's going to overtake us. And the the problem with the amygdala is that it's always responding according to the pre-programming. It's always responding to the pre-programming. I don't know what that looks like for you in your life. I don't know if it's because you've been hurt or some kind of fear or trauma or perhaps a misunderstanding or something that's happened to you. My, My guess is Maybe certain, maybe certain people, a certain place, maybe an event, a type of news that triggered you, this little almond to feel anxious, to feel worried, something that's happened in your past that has triggered this, and every time something happens, you get get a panic attack because you don't even know how, and it's not even up, it's not even you, you're worried about everything else. And it, something has triggered you for so long that when it triggers you, you go into this extreme and everybody around you has to suffer for it. Everybody. And we got, we got him in the, in the jail cell having a conversation. And I don't know if it's that, that or the tension the mind can race. The worst case scenarios are happening. What if we do this? What if I leave here and I turn and if they don't know that I'm turning? And what if I get hit by a vehicle over here? And what if this happens when I come back? And what if this don't go right over here when we're trying to do this? What if nobody shows up tonight? I guess I'll be eating all the food. Whatever. Um, but we start worrying about so much stuff. and We find ourselves short of breath and panicking and wondering, trying to control things that can't be controlled completely overran by a runaway mind worry I'll say it again, don't worry about it and that's why Paul was saying from a Roman prison he said I'll read it again, do not don't be anxious about anything okay, well what about this Because I need to be anxious about this, because if they don't feel like that, I'm I'm worried, and I don't feel that, they're going to think I don't care. People do this stuff. Well, if I don't worry or a little anxious about it, they're going to think that I just don't care. The Bible says, don't be anxious about anything. And so if you're anxious about something, you're being disobedient to God's word. I, I don't, I don't write it. I've been disobedient to God's word many times. So I got to find myself back to what He tells us. Because eventually, now this tiny piece is overwhelming everything else. The prefrontal cortex is getting overwhelmed by this little almond piece. It it could be a job interview. Don't be anxious about anything. It could be a big test. Don't be anxious about, it could be your health situation. Don't be anxious about anything. It could be anything that you're dealing with, the future, your future with your family, your kids' future. Don't be anxious about anything, your financial burdens. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, every situation, not pick and choose what you want to be anxious about. I guess the question, you don't have to raise your hand, but have you been a little worried the last few days? Have you been a little worried the last week? And I tell you, we had all kinds of crazy stuff happen. We weren't even gathered as a church. There's all kinds of stuff that happened. Have you been a little worried? It says in every situation, every Can I say in other words, if it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. Can I give you some relief? If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. So that's real stuff. So if you're, you're, you're thinking about this and it, get, it tries to grip you, it's already on God's heart. He knows you. He cares all about you more than you can imagine. In every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving. Now, when you're worried about something, some people don't want to be thankful being worried. Or even want to pray being worried. It says, present your request to God. And when you give your burdens to God, guess what it says? It says, present them, give them to God. Here's your worries. God, here, I'm presenting them to you. Here's the worries. It says that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, so his peace transcends everything you think, will guard your heart and your mind. I just gave you the answer. You're trying to figure out, how do I keep this in order? How do I keep this in order? It says the peace of God will do that. Listen. Listen. You don't want a piece of me. Nobody wants a piece of me. And I don't want a piece of you. But I will take the peace of God. Why do you think that the peace of you is going to help solve the problem you're dealing with? It says that the peace of God will transcend all understanding, and will it, it will guard your heart and mind. And heart and mind are one thing. You can't have it without them. They're like two in one. So if you get the peace of God, it fixes the mind. But you have to receive, you've got to get it. His peace, it's God's peace, not my peace. It's crazy to me how often Christians undervalue and, and discount the power of prayer. It blows my mind. How they discount and undervalue the, the power of prayer. You see it all the time. People will say, well, Oh, you know, all we can do now is pray. It's all we can do now. All we can do now is just pray. I I just wonder, like, what God's thinking in that moment. All you can do now is pray. All you can do now is pray. The God who moves mountains—you're just now getting to prayer the God who can move a mountain, the God who can raise the dead, who can heal the sick, who can open blind eyes, and all you can do now is pray? Prayer is powerful, church. Prayer is the secret sauce in your life. Not just a simple little down I lay me down to sleep prayer. I'm talking about daily devotion, praying to God. All you can do now is prayer? I need to tell you something real quick, and I want you to hear it loud and clear. Prayer is not our last line of defense. It is our first line of offense. Prayer is always the first line of offense. We start with prayer. We ain't all we can do now is pray. No, we need to start that out with prayer. It's very important that you pray. We even have prayer, Even I'm just saying corporately, and people don't even know that. We, people gather on Sunday mornings, early to pray for what's about to happen right here in this moment right now there's people that are praying for you there's people that have prayed for you that have interceded for you where you are now because the prayers of people anybody have any grandparents that just prayed and prayed for their kids and their kids as kids and the blessing on their lives and we're living it out, you know what I'm saying you sitting in this room is prayers answered from somebody else Prayer is not the last resort. It's the first line of offense. We start with prayer. The author of Hebrew says, let us boldly go before the throne of grace. We boldly go before. We boldly pray. Boldly confessing. Boldly asking for help. Boldly giving our worries to him. Jesus, or James said, he said, You do not have, why? Because you do not ask. You don't have because you don't ask. Because you haven't prayed. We pray. It's powerful. Not only does prayers move the heart of God, but prayers also change the chemistry of your brain. When we're talking about those things that we've been talking about, It's a little almond piece. It changes the chemistry of your brain. It's crazy because for decades, neurologists believed that your brain didn't change after adolescence. Now, that's crazy to me. How many of you are glad that your brain changed after your adolescence? I don't know about you, but I thank God that uh, my brain didn't freeze on 15. (laughs) Holy smokes. But for, for, for a long time, they believed that it, it, it just stopped at that point. Our brain continues to evolve. Our brain continues to change. And it continues to rewire itself. And so we've talked about the neural pathways that whatever you think about triggers and it sends signal all over your brain. And the more you send that signal, the more you think on that thought. So what are we doing? Are we dwelling on the things of God? Are we worried about something? Because if we're going to continue to worry, it's going to continue to send that signal, and that signal is going to keep firing off in your brain. And it's going to affect everything around you. It's always changing. It's always changing. There's a study called neural theology. I don't know if you know this, but I'm going to say it to you. It's the study of the mind and of God. Neural theology, neuroscience, it's known as a spiritual neuroscience. The neurotheology, what it is is it, it studies the relationship between the brain and the belief in God. Here's what research shows. Research shows that prayer actually changes the brain. Research shows that it changes the brain. A doctor you can look her up, A doctor named Caroline Leaf. She said a powerful quote about the brain and about prayer. She said this: "It's been found that 12 minutes daily, focused on prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scale." Proof. The daily devotion. 12 minutes. For an eight week period, it can be measured on a brain scale that it changes it dramatically. None of that was happening when God stooped down to create you. He was trying to give it to you through different people in the Word of God and through His Son, trying to give you the knowledge of what it is. What she just said is what He's been trying to say for generations. Dwell on Him, keep your thoughts on Him. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't be anxious about anything. But we see it and we get anxious, and it does this crazy thing to our body, and it does this crazy thing to our inside of our soul and inside of our body, and it disrupts everything about us. Because we get so worried and anxious if we're going to do it right, if we're going to do, do the right thing. Am I going to be a good mom? Am I going to be a good dad? Am I going to do good at this new job? Am I gonna, you see what I'm saying? We start worrying, and then all of a sudden, what are we doing? We're staying up late at night. We can't sleep. We can barely eat. We're having all these problems, and you go to the doctor, and they put you on pills, and pills have side effects, and all this other stuff starts going on, and all because you were just worried. And now you've got a whole mess to just rewind and try to fix. Because you cannot live a life of worry. It will lead to bad things. <laughs> Woo, not only does it do that, it changes everything. Just as toxic negative thoughts harm the brain, prayer heals the brain. Man, I'm just giving you some practical stuff. It transforms the brain. It literally renews your mind. If you have mental illness and if you have these things that are going on that is trying to choke you out, you have to, they say, my cousin didn't talk about it two weeks ago, but he was talking about how he had to go see a doctor because he was having some mental illness things going on, and he was feeling anxious, and he was having these migraines, and the doctor said, you need to start meditating and thinking on on, on good things. He said, oh, what the Bible says, think on things above, think on things that are holy, think on things that are, so I need to just go ahead and do what the Bible already been telling me to do? I wish he would have said it, but i say it for him. Uh, <laughs> And that's that's the reality of it. We're we're trying to figure out all this stuff. And and the word of God is is right here. The amygdala is trying to choke you. This little piece is trying to just rip you apart, thinking everything is chaotic. And this front end is saying, hold up. It's just the cat. Don't shoot the cat. (laughs) It's wired to protect. And the amygdala has hijacked you. wired to protect oh you're in trouble oh you better take control oh you better work harder oh you better stay up late oh you better keep doing this it's only going to get worse science would say basically the amygdala has hijacked you scripture would say our minds are dominated by our own thoughts science says the amygdala has hijacked your life scripture says your mind is focused on other things than above Worry. What is worry? Worry gives the definition in Webster's Dictionary. This is for you, love. Definition, girl. Um, Worry gives way to anxiety and unease. To allow one's mind to dwell on difficulties or troubles. When you worry about something, you're allowing your mind to dwell on difficulties or troubles. And I'll say it like this worry is disrupting the promises and the power of God. Worry is disrupting the promises and the power of God. Is this good stuff? I hope so. It's good for me, Jesus. Worry is saying this. This is where it gets crazy. Worry is basically saying this God, I don't trust you. God, I don't believe your goodness is in this situation. I don't believe you care about this like I care about this. I don't believe that you're going to come through with this situation for me, God. I'm going to worry about it because ultimately I don't trust you. Because if it says casting all, all of it on him, giving all of it, it's saying don't worry about anything. If it's saying that, then if you're still worrying about something, then you have a trust problem. Because let's just be real about it in the room. There's certain things you won't give to certain people because you don't trust them. Is this a true statement? Okay. Now, we know for a fact like handguns and stuff, people look at them, but they know that if they share that and look at that with somebody, it's somebody that's trained. Somebody that knows how to handle things. Some people won't even lend their car to somebody because they don't trust them because they don't think they're going to take care of their ride. People don't lend things because certain people, they just don't trust. That's a true statement. Now, what's crazy to me is that we can get on a cruise with all this big old fun and go to the Bahamas. Let's go. But we don't know the captain of the ship. We'll just get on the cruise and enjoy our time and trust him. We'll get on an airplane and trust this this pilot that we don't know. We're on the cruise trusting Captain Phillips to do a job. He's over there. We'll get on that. We'll get in the plane. We'll get on all these things, and we'll relax, and we'll sit there, and can't wait to get to Florida, and can't wait to get to where we're going, and we can't wait to get to this destination, but yet we don't know the person that is flying or driving to our destination, but yet we trust them, and why can't we trust God? But we'll trust them. It's a trust issue. That's when it all comes down to it. So it's a crazy thing. It starts disrupting you. And, and, and so instead of letting your sinful nature control your mind, which is so easily can happen, and it does happen, we want to, as followers of Christ, we want to choose to let our spirit take over, direct our thinking. We want the spirit to direct it. Instead of letting the nature of sin run our minds all sorts of fearful ways and of worry. I'm going to choose to let the Holy Spirit, which dwells within me, take over. I'm choosing to let the logical part of my brain choose to let the Spirit take over. No, I'm not, nope, nope, not going there. Nope, nope, nope. The Spirit of God's here. Nope. The presence of God dwells. Nope. My body is the temple of God who dwells within me. Nope. you got to take that prefrontal cortex and you've got to say, Yo, you're going to think on things that are true, things that are holy, you're going to think on things that are praiseworthy, and we're going to put it back in order. The fact that the Scripture says in Romans uh, 8, 5, and 6, it says those that are dominated by a sinful nature, you think about sinful things. When your mind is dominated by sinful things, sinful nature and sinful things your mind drifts towards that that are dishonoring to god but those the scripture says who are controlled by the holy spirit about the things that are pleasing to the spirit i want my mind to be pleasing unto god i can't worry about these things because if i keep worrying about it i then say i don't trust god So I got to let my sinful nature die and take on the spirit of God in my life and know that he can do great things with my worry than I can do with my own worries. Is this good? Woo. I'm choosing to let God in my, and and, and by faith and trust, I'm choosing to to give it to the Lord. I'm, I'm choosing to be intentional about my thoughts, being directed by the Holy Spirit. Let me grab this. i got to get my worry out here. My am a worrier. Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay, so a little, little worry box because I've got to have one. Um, and at some point, in some way, there's something that we're always worried about. I have paper in here that I've put paper in here because there's worries. Um, The good news is that you're not alone. That's the good news. We have so many worries, and we have so many things that we worry about. But like I said, the good news is is you're not alone. It doesn't matter what life brings you, what which way the wind blows. There's something that we worry about. And in those moments of worry, we have to. We have to take these worries and we have to give them to God. God, you, you know you know my heart, so you need to take this. We have to give it to God. You've got to take my concerns, my burdens. It's what the Word of God says. It, casting all of it to Him. I have to give it to him. And you so you start praying and you're like okay. Oh yeah, this is a big one. This will choke me out. And I give it to God. And then you give it to God and you pray. Okay, I'm praying. <clears throat> and you wait. And you freak out. It's been 5 minutes. God. Wake up, buddy. I need you, Dougie. You in there, <laughs> and you're freaking out because you're like, The Bible says to give it and cast my anxiety. And all I'm getting even worried about this, I'm trying to do this, I'm getting worried about this, doing this. The Bible says I'm, I'm, I'm on the word, and too many times we were so. In a hurry, I mean, we're in a real hurry. You know we're in a hurry when Taco Bell has an express lane. What do you want, instant diarrhea? I mean, like, like, it's not fast enough? Like, look how we've been adapted. Hey, check it out. I remember my mom telling me a story. She goes, I'll never forget when the microwave first came out people were freaking out thought it was demonic because it was going to put hot waves in your house and we were all worried about it blah 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 and we lived the Jetsons true mom yeah okay and everybody's worried and then look how fast we got that and then now we got drive-through and then we can't even get it fast enough and and we're worried if we're gonna we're gonna be on time what's funny about some of your worries you're worried about getting on time like getting to work quick but you don't even wake up in time Now you're worried about it, but you're the one who caused the problem. I've let my alarm go off eight times. (laughs) Anyway, um, so I'm using the Word of God. He tells me to give my anxiety to him. So I've I've put these in, and these are some big hitters right here because I'm telling you, I'm struggling. I mean, if he can change a blind eye in an instant, why can't he do this in five minutes? Because it's been eight. Now we're, we're irritated. We're worried. We're irritated. Now let's leave your dad alone. You know how he gets when he's mad. You just go ahead and walk away. So now we got to put up with your worry. Because you're frustrated in your worry. And your kids get to deal with you. Is this real? This is real stuff. And so all of a sudden now you're at a place you're like, okay, I've read that. Yep. That's, that's okay, give it to God. I give it to you, yeah, I trust you with my, yeah, we did that, check. I'm waiting, I, we've waited, I'm going to wait on you. Somebody play that song again. I'm going to wait, I've waited. I trust in your goodness. oh, okay, I can't handle this anymore. And then all of a sudden you start taking it back. I can't do that anymore. I've waited and I've, I'm not seeing my own results I need my results. i got to take it back. God, I don't. Basically, what you're doing in this, in this act, you're saying, God, I really don't trust you with this. I don't trust your timing. I don't trust you with anything with this. Because I'm not seeing this change. I'm not seeing any of this change. And, and, and whenever you're worried and, and you're, you're, you're taking it back, You're essentially just telling God you don't trust him, that he's not good enough to take care of it. And you get so anxious, and you wonder why all the time that you're worried, and, and you're, you try to give it to God, and it's like, oh, I can't, well, I'll go give it back. And, and then we'll pray at the end, and we're like, how yeah, I mean, need to deal with it. Yeah, I do. And then you'll get it, and then you somehow you get a key to our building, and you hurry up and run back in and pull it out and put it back in your worry box. I'm just making a point. Like, you say you give it and leave it at the altar, but somehow you get back in and take it from the altar and just go deal with it again. If he if he's saying to give it to him, why don't you just give it to him and let him do the process and he's trying to heal you through that process. And that process will make you better not bitter, but you will make yourself better when you take it out of what God is trying to do and put it back in your own hands. And and the problem we're facing is is that that your God is too small, and your worry's too big. We need a bigger God and a smaller worry. We don't need a, a bigger worry. We need a bigger God, and we need a smaller worry in our lives. That's that's the problem we have. We've let worry and God be out of balance. We got to get God back into position of being big, and the worry being very small. And that's the problem we face at times. we were so worried. And, but, but we got to re, reestablish that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So he sits on top. He's big. And he can do great things with my stuff. And I can trust that it can be done. So I can give him what, what belongs to him. He said, cast, he said, give it to him. Cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. Don't be anxious about anything anything, but in prayer and petition to God so I can write everything down that I'm struggling in this worry box and I can give it to God and he's going to take care of it. The problem we have is you keep taking it back out and doing this and turning this around and turning this around. Now did God do all that or did you? God's got to be way bigger than your worries. He doesn't want you to worry. Here we go at this point. The scripture says, cast all your cares, like it says, upon him. Your prayers and your petitions and give it all to God. And what I want to encourage you to do, you don't have to, but get your own God box. Can't have mine. It doesn't have to be as cool as mine, or it can be. Maybe it's a shoe box. What I want you to do is, anytime you find your mind racing, and anytime you find yourself worried about something, I want you to take, take it, write it down, and put it in the box. This might seem so weird and stupid, but I promise you, it has big results. That you say, okay, this is the stuff I'm worried about, and I'm going to put it in that box. It could be your teenager. You could write a little note, and I'm gonna put that in the box. Kids. I gotta give them to God. I'm gonna kill them. It could be anything. Whatever you're giving to God. It could be your marriage, it could be your 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 grandkids. It could be your own. Your your, your other family members, your friends, your job, your situation, i got to give it to you. Whatever is consuming you and disrupting your life, you got to give it to God. That's how you get a new mind and a new thing, and and God does something new is when you give it to God. You give all your worries to him, your job, everything, and you're going to cast it all to God, casting all your cares. So what he says is, I'll take it all. I'm going to take it all. I'm going to trust that God has everything. I'm going to give it to him. And here's what I need you to do. So you give it to God, okay? The moment you start worrying about it, this is all going to symbolize something. When you start worrying about it, like you're going to write it down, you're going to give it to God. I dare you. Double dog, dare you. Do it. But if you're going to do this, do the other side of this. When you start to worry about it, get in the God box and pull it out and put it back in your worry. That's deep stuff. Because in the end, what you're saying is, God, I'm worried about it, and I just don't trust that you can do it. So I'm going to actually take it out of this box and put it back in there. And I'm going to hold on to it. And I'm telling you right now, that is dramatic. Because in the end, you do want God to do it, and you know he can. But you've got to quit worrying about it. But when you worry about it, you're going to have to take it out. I'm worried about it. I'm worried about him. I'm worried about that. I'm worried about my finances. I'm worried about, I, I thought you gave it to God because it says everything. Give everything. Do it. No, don't hold nothing back. Give it all to God. He can care for it. He can take it. He can do it. He, he died for it. He wants it. He wants your problems. You know why? Because he can handle it. He can fix it. So whatever you've given to God and you keep worrying about, take it out and give it back to yourself. And what you're doing is symbolizing saying, you know what? I don't trust you, God. You're not doing it in my timing Maybe you say this if you ask me, hey, hey, Brandon, what do you worry about? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) What is it that worries me? I'll put myself on the block. I do it all the time. That's fun. So, I guess. I would say I would start with there's times I'm worried about my wife I love my wife to death her health if she's gonna be okay and so I have to write that down because it, I don't want something to happen and then I worry like man if something would happen to my wife I don't even know how I could live I mean how could I even keep running the church and how could we do this if I mean she's my she's my best friend she's my partner in crime she's like we we, we do life together like we're a weird couple like we get we get more upset at each other if we're not together. We work well together. We're always together. And now some people are like, I can't have I gotta have some space. No, we need each other. We live off of each other. And if we're, if we're apart for a long period of time, we start getting irritated at each other. And it's just because we're apart. We I mean we 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 love being with each other. I love it more, but you know. <laughs> so I worry about that because I'm worried like if something would happen I don't want something to happen so I have to put her name on here because I don't want something bad to happen to her and and there's times I'm worried about her when she goes to the store because something could happen see what a lot of people don't realize is my wife has already been preyed on she's had to have escorts take her to her vehicle because people have followed her all the way to her vehicle and it only happens when I'm not there because you would have to bail me out of jail it's weird I'll call Larry. Um, <laughs> I got my peace, no. <laughs> uh, but I worry about that, so I have to get that to God, because that, that, that's a worry. Brandon, what do you worry about? I'm just being real. That's what that, I mean I guess the next thing I, I would say is that my children, my, my, my wife and I, we have three kids. I got one, get ready she's just she's 16 just passed her test and able to drive and uh and it's not her like she's good like she puts me in check dad speed limits this you're not going that put your seatbelt on dad dad why aren't you doing that mind your business do what I say not as I do I'm the father but then I have to do it because I'm like I'm being disobedient too actually thanks appreciate it and I bite my lip because it makes me so mad (laughs) But I worry because there's people that just don't pay attention. And I don't know if you've noticed lately, there's been a lot of wrecks. And that stresses me out. And I worry about that. That's a real worry. Making sure the kids are good and all that kind of stuff. So putting putting the kids on there is a big deal because, you know, we worry about that. We worry about if something's going to happen, if something, you know, somebody's doing something stupid or if something happens to them. I don't want something to happen. I probably need a, the rest of this for this last one. <laughs> The last thing I would say, and we'll close in just a few minutes, but I would say the church. If I'm putting myself on the block for real, and I this ain't like you know, like we're in some kind of weird class. Everybody stand up, tell me what you're worried about. But um, well, I'll put me out there because I'm the one talking about it. I would say the church. I want to represent the church well sometimes i worry about that because i want i don't want to mislead the church i don't want to i want to be a good steward of of the finances i want to be a good steward of of god's house and and do my best to represent it but also do my best to lead it and lead by example so sometimes i worry about that because i'm like am i doing that right god and is that is that going well um and then i worry about like at times i I worry about i put church and there's a lot to that um, the finances of the church i worry about it it's not that we're not good stewards of the finances i just think that at times it's it's challenging so when we were able, when we closed the church i was worried one i just I, there's something about gathering together there's nothing there's nothing like it and then I'm, if i'm just being brutally honest about it a piece of me was worried about the finances that people wouldn't give because they just didn't show up and that bothers me sometimes I'm, I'm I'm just being real. I'm just being a real guy. Okay, you put me as a at a pedestal, you you will you will fall real quick with me. But I worry about it because at times because you know people don't realize is like our electric bill's gone up. The stinking trash has gone up. That's crazy. You would not believe what this electric bill is here. You would just bring trash cans out so everybody can throw up. But it's crazy. And so when I, when I worry about it, and I'm not, I'm not, listen, this ain't about me, like, oh, making you feel bad. I'm just saying this is what I worry about, that I have to give this to God. Because I, I have to give it to God because sometimes I worry. I'm like, well, if, I hope nothing happens because, you know, not only did that happen, but also, I'm being 100% right here, that, our, that the, the payment of our, our building gone up. And you're probably wondering, how in the heck did that go up? The principal. The, the, uh, principal that all that all went up because that's the only way we can get it loan because we were too young as a church to get anything and the only way we can get it is if it was just on so it could fluctuate from you know like 4% all the way to 8 or to and it's not good but it happened what do you do you can't do nothing about it you're locked in on it because there's nothing else you could have done because they wouldn't look at you and so I worry about that stuff. So when I worry, and I'm, I'm like, God, am I preaching it right? Am I saying it right? Am I telling people the right way of, like, trying to tithe and give? Because they, they can be blessed. But also, the, like, the true reality is, is we've got to pay our bills. We've got to pay the bills to, to keep this going. It, is this raw? I'm just being real about me. I'm just being real. I'm just, that, that's who I want to be. I want to be humble, open, and transparent to you. And this is what I struggle with. And it's not about you. It's about in all areas. I mean, when, when I'm f- dealing with stuff in my own life and I know that I got I, I to pay tithe, there's not a time I've not, I, I can tell you this boldly, that I've not missed paying tithe. I don't care what I've not had. I don't care if it's a dollar, I'm doing it. But there's been moments like, man, I could really use that. And then I had to check myself, nope, I got to give that to God. Because I know he's faithful. And so I worry about that sometimes because I, I know in the back end of things that sometimes it's just like, well, people come to church and they enjoy it, and I love the, the house of God, but people don't know what it takes, the, the weight of it, of making sure, because you can go home, but somebody has signed the loan. So I worry about it, and I don't need to, and I shouldn't, but I do. Not all the time. You could ask my mom. You can ask Debbie Day. They the, 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 the count in the church. There's, I'm, I'm rarely in that room. I do not follow it. I do not know. I, don't, I, I pray, and I try to stay walk by faith, not by sight, and I pray for those two. And if you could, please pray for those two, for the house, because we don't want to misappropriate funds and do stuff like that. I'm just saying if, if somebody asks me, and I ask myself, this is what I worry about. I worry about my kids, my wife, and the church. But guess what I can't do? Well, you didn't show up, God, You didn't. And I turn it around and do it like this. Good man, I can't because I have to put my worries. I got to give them to God. And so when when it's all said and done, what I need to do is not only just give my worries. Can I just say it real like this as we get ready here? I can't just give it to God like that. Honestly, you know what I need to do? I need to give my entire life to God. I need to put it in the center of who he is. I just need it to just be like that. I don't need to have anything else trying to shift me, or I just need to give my entire life and my being to Him, which He cares for me. Philippians 4 6 and 7, I'll say it in the message. It says, Don't fret, don't worry. Don't let your petitions and your praises shape your worries into prayers. Let, let God know your concerns. I, thank you, Lord. Before you know it, you'll have a sense of God's wholeness everything coming together for good and it will settle you down did you hear what I just said it will settle you down and see when you worry about the church and the finances and it's just not about this it's about the future of the church it's about who who's going to take the lead of this church and you were like looking at me like well what do you mean I ain't gonna be here forever I'll be here as, I'll be here until you drag me out of here but I'm just saying, if we're going to be a healthy church, we've got to learn to develop and raise up another generation. And I ain't afraid to put somebody on my shoulders and say, go further than I ever did. Oh, I'll keep going, but come, let's go. And, you know, so we see the kids and we see all that. So so sometimes we try to worry about that, but we can't because we got to know that it's of the Lord and, and that eventually, someday, we'll be able to put all these people on staff and actually pay them Fully. Not partially. Because we can't afford it. I'm being raw and real raw right now. But I got to give it to God. Because I know he's faithful. I know what I saw with my eyes closed. I know the vision he showed me. I've seen this place full. I've seen everything that's happened. And I physically, and you have physically seen it too. I'm just seeing, I'm waiting for the turnaround. We're faithful. So I give it to God. I give him my whole life. And it says at the end of this, it says, uh, it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. So what, what is he saying? Cast all your cares upon me. Give me all your worries. It's wonderful when God displaces it at the center of your life. So basically, my worry is going to be in the center of God's life, and he's going to consume it, and he's going to fix it, and I'm going to get in the center of his life, and I'm not going to be worried. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to be prosperous. I'm going to do great things for God. What I'm trying to tell you, church, is, It's time to quit worrying and just give it to God because He cares for us. Let me tell you these three big thoughts and they're real fast. Number one, I want to do what I can do. I want to do what I can do. What's that mean? What's the things you can do? You're like, I need to be better in my health. Okay, what's the steps you can take to be better in your health? I want to do the things I can do got an exam coming up? I'm just going to trust in God to do it all. No, I'm going to study. I'm going to show myself approved. I'm going to do my part. What are the things you can do that you can take the steps to do when you give your worries to God? The next one, I'm going to give God what I can't do. I'm going to give him what I can't do. I'm not going to be prideful. I'm not going to hold it back. I'm going to just be honest. I'm going to be open. I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to be humble about it. I'm going to give it to him. Trusting him that he it's better in his hands than in my hands. And the last one is, I'm just going to what? Trust God no matter what. No matter what. Stand with me, church. We're going to close this up. No matter what. So if you worry like, we all have worries. If we would go around this room, holy junk, we'll be here forever. But what I'm trying to tell you is that worry is, demolishes you this little almond piece in your brain tries to choke you out all the time what did we say a couple weeks ago if your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts do you like the direction you're going if you don't control what you think you'll never control what you do what do we do when we start to get that in order what do we do We write it down, we think it, and we confess it until we believe it. What do we do? We write it, we think it, we confess it until we believe it. Over and over. So when I'm giving this to God and I'm putting my life in the center of who He is and all my worries and all my anxiety and I stand on the Word of God, what do I have to write and confess? I read it before, I'll read it again. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify Him. I'm disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I write it, I think it, I confess it, I believe it. I'm growing closer to Jesus every day. Because of Christ, my family's closer. Because of Christ, my body's stronger. Because of Christ, my faith is deeper. My leadership is sharper. Because of the Holy Spirit and God dwelling in me, you've got to declare it over your life. You got to write it, think it, confess it till you believe it. Get you a box. Listen and maybe you're here and you're saying, you know what? I don't know. I don't know what to confess. Why don't you close your eyes for a minute? I'm going to confess something over your life real quick. Just listen to this. We're going to pray. They're going to sing this and we're going to get out of here. You're not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. Listen, church. You're not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts because the weapons you fight aren't weapons of this world. Your spiritual weapons Have divine power to demolish strongholds by the power and the authority of God to demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of Christ in your life. Worry is not your master because you trust in God. His peace guards your heart. It guards your mind. It guards your soul in Christ Jesus. You're not a slave to your habits. You're not a prisoner to your addictions. You're not overcome by worry, but you're overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. You've been rescued by the power of God into a kingdom life. Your mind is renewed. Your mind is renewed. Church, your mind is renewed. And again, you cannot control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. Put your worries to God. We are not inner interpreting God's thoughts through our circumstances, but we're interpreting our circumstances through the goodness of God. We won't be anxious about anything. But in everything, through prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, we will present it to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all of that, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Go ahead, sing. And we're going to pray and get out of here. Just take this moment, and just whatever you're worried about, let's just give it to the Lord. is it right here. You love me more Just give all your worries to the Lord.